Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Back Pain Podcast, all about pregnancy and back pain. Now, since recording this episode, some of the information given has since been updated, as well as guidelines and recommendations have changed slightly. So if you'd like a more up-to-date version about pregnancy, back pain and pelvic pain, please check out episode 42 for the updated version. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So, if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Back Pain Podcast. Today, my guest is Sarah Fellows. Uh, She is a chartered women's health and musculoskeletal physiotherapist. She works with me at the Dyer Street Clinic. And her main interest is in pregnancy, women's health, uh, pelvic girdle pain, and its relationship with back pain. From the musculoskeletal side, she also has a large patient base of runners who with a big relation to back pain as well. She treats with hands-on techniques as well as exercise-based treatment, and she's been a really, really fantastic guest today. We go into pregnancy, what to look out for with pregnancy and back pain, when is back pain coming from your pelvis, when is it coming from the back, does it cause other symptoms. So a really, really fascinating episode, not just for women, but also for men who may have partners or may have partners with who are pregnant as well. So enjoy it and take care and listen to the next episode. And we're live. All right. So welcome back to another episode of the Back Pain Podcast. Today it's Rob and I'm here with Sarah. Sarah Fellows is a physiotherapist who works with me at my clinic and she has a specialist interest in women's health pregnancy and all things related to back pain. So she's here today to ask, answer a couple of questions and leave you with some takeaways which you can do to kind of help yourself manage your back pain, especially if you're pregnant. Now, as soon as you mention pregnancy, most men might switch off. This is actually really relevant for men too. Men are needed for the majority of the pregnancy as well to help support the women. So a lot of takeaways from this will be relevant to you also. So listen up. So firstly, welcome, Sarah. Thank you. How are we doing today? Very excited to be here. On good. your podcast. Yeah, good. Thanks for having me along. Fantastic. So why don't we start today with a little bit about you? So why why you chose physiotherapy um, and then why that diverged off into kind of a specialist interest in women's health and pregnancy and back pain? Well, I became interested in physio when I qualified as a sports massage therapist and I really love the manual side of therapy, but realised actually that it's loading the body that makes people really better and understanding um people's own movement and having more of a body awareness that really cures um, uh, musculoskeletal issues, issues in my opinion. So that's when I went back to university to retrain. And it was when I uh, had my babies that I became interested in women's health physio. You get a, a good insight into how uh, your body changes when you're pregnant. Um, and bet. yes, it's, it's quite massive changes. And then when you go through childbirth and then, you know, you have such a good understanding about, you know, the capacity of the body, how, what it can go through, the stretch it can go through and, and, and how you have to get back on track. And that recovery after you've had a a baby isn't automatic. And I found that myself. And so I decided that I wanted to help women, um, you know, rehab postnatally. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really interesting. So if we be specialist or simplify this to back pain per se, how common is back pain during pregnancy? Obviously this podcast is aimed at back pain and this one obviously about pregnancy and back pain so how common is it is this something everybody experiences or is this no not everybody if you're if you're lucky I think you um you don't really have any issues or complications in pregnancy I think 
um, you know, some some lucky people, depending on um, different factors, can go through their peg pregnancy without any musculoskeletal issues or pain really at all. Um, but the prevalence of back pain is quite high. It's 50 to 70% of women really? um, have what we call lumbopelvic pain. So that's any pain arising from the, the lumbar spine, the lower back or the pelvis. So we're talking about pelvic girdle pain from arising from those um, structures around the sacroiliac joints, those joints at the back of the pelvis, or through the pubic symphysis, the joint at the front. Yeah, so it's quite a wide area that encompasses in terms of, uh, yeah. of back pain. And but it's, the prevalence is high. That's it's really huge. High. It's way higher than I expected, actually. And then I think a lot of people, which you would have seen and I would have seen, will, will kind of think, well, now I've got back pain. And it's a very common, very common misconception. People think, oh, I've got back pain. Will it ever go away? And do people who are pregnant ever get cured of their back pain or is it more once it's there it's there for the whole pregnancy um well I think there's a lot that can be done during pregnancy but I think that you have to really work hard at changing a few things which we'll kind of talk about in a second but interestingly 52% of women who have back pain also have related pelvic floor dysfunction which I think is an important point to make because if your pelvic floor isn't functioning correctly then we know that that connects and uh, recruits, contracts uh, at the same time as your deep spinal muscles and your deep abdominal muscles. So if your pelvic floor is not working, then, you know, maybe you're more likely to have back pain because of oh, that. Really? So when so, you, so when you, sorry, interrupt, when you, Clara, when you mean the pelvic floor is not working, is that in terms of the muscles aren't strong enough and then so, that makes the back pain worse? Or? Yeah. So the muscles, so in your first pregnancy, your the muscles actually could be overworking. They could yeah. be too tight. Or normally in your second or third pregnancies, or even more than that, um, your the muscles could be a lot weaker. So there's a lot more stretch through the pelvic floor. And if you're experiencing anything like uh, incontinence, so any leaking of urine from the bladder, you know that your that pelvic floor is not functioning correctly. No. And mm. that can feed into that back pain. So it's really important to look at that too. So you mentioned that um, obviously second and third pregnancies, is it more common or back pain more common during the second or third or fourth or maybe even more pregnancies? Yeah, I th- yeah, it is because of the level of um, kind of stretch you've had on those muscles initially, depending on how you've recovered and rehabbed yourself postnatally from each pregnancy or after each child. Um, I think you might, you may have a reduced risk of back pain going into the second, third, maybe fourth uh, pregnancies, but you've had all of that stretch on the muscles. So you are probably more likely to have uh, an increased risk of, of back pain. Um, and uh, I think it, really the, the high prevalence of back pain um, in pregnant women comes from the massive changes in posture. So you have this growing load on the front of you and your posture is just exaggerated in pregnancy. Yeah. So you get this increased curve of the lower back. If you've already had an increased curve of the lower back without any load on the front, that's just going to be even worse. And generally, for the most part, um, we see women who have just got kind of got uh, postural issues. I, I don't really want to call it postural dif- dysfunction, but it's changes in their posture that exacerbates kind of um, uh, this back pain. That's, that's the yeah. That's so the it's not part. caused by that, but it doesn't help it. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't help it. And it's quite a big weight on the front as well. well as, yeah, I mean, exactly. not, not being pregnant, ever being pregnant myself, and yeah. I'm unlikely to ever be. I don't know what the weight is, I mean, in terms of that, but it must be enormous in terms of a baby only weighs, you know, eight, nine pounds at the end type of thing, if you're lucky. But uh, if You've got all the fluid and everything all the around fluid, it. everything else going on with it. Some women have a rapid weight gain during their pregnancy, so that can add on to the load. 
Um, and you get this, although it's a gradual stretch of the abdominals at the front, but if you've had weak abdominals to begin with, yeah. then you're looking at weak abdominals at the front and an exacerbated kind of curve through the lower back. And it draws those joints together in the lumbar spine and it can just bring on this kind of diffuse type of yeah. pain. Worse, usually at the end of the day, uh, you know, after you've been standing on your feet, moving yeah. around. That constant so, ache that yeah. get at the base of the spine. Yeah. So really addressing posture and w- trying to work as much as possible from a neutral spine yeah. as much as you can is absolutely key. Brilliant. So the uh, takeaway from that is what I often what I similarly say to my patients is, it's a bit like a, doing a really long workout or running a marathon. You have to be prepare yourself for that end stage, for the changes you go through. You wouldn't just wake up tomorrow and try and run a marathon, or some people might, but you have yeah. to prepare your body for what it's about to go through yeah. and the changes it has to. And if you start from a strong position, the stronger or the better outcome you have at the end of it. Yeah, exactly that. So I, for my first baby, I was quite aware of all of this, obviously being a physio, and I did actually train for pregnancy. Yeah. So my gym routines were all designed to That's get so me ready for pregnancy. Um, so I was uh, quite prepared for it. And aside from just these transient pains that I would get, which would come one day and leave the next, my back was absolutely fine. Brilliant. That's so fantastic. so training, if, if you're planning on getting pregnant, train for it. That's really, you have to see it as, as an Ironman, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, 16 exactly. hour Ironman, you wouldn't wake up and do because it. Because it's it takes harder time. than an Ironman. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah. And it lasts for a, a good few many years after that as <laughs> yeah, well. Exactly. And more expensive than an Ironman. I <laughs> yeah, exactly. So your, your typical kind of patient, you know, how does the pain as you present? I know you mentioned the people who it's that kind of end of the day ache when you've been doing a lot, uh, you know, that aching right across the base of the spine that we all know we all kind of want to hug your knees and stretch out. Yeah. Is that your normal patient or are there lots of different patients? Do you categorize them into different categories? Yeah. So that would be the most part. So the most part, the majority of women who experience back pain in pregnancy would, it would be as a result of postural changes yeah. or an exacerbation, or not an exacerbation, but an exaggeration of an existing posture that will, probably wasn't that good to begin yeah. with, to be honest. Um, and then um, kind of moving up, um, I look at it as like a little, a, a bit of a pyramid. So the next layer would be kind of what we call neuromuscular dysfunction. And that means when your um, abdominals um, are not working as well as they could be. So they might be a bit weak and your spinal muscles and your um, your glute muscles might also be weak. So um, it really um, what we're looking for in pregnancy is because there's so much uh, change and stretch around the structures of the spine and the pelvis to accommodate the growing baby. What we want is a strong muscular st- structure to surround and support those um, support those structures that, are, that, that have more movement in them. And so what we find is that people who maybe are already weak or their babies are going through very qu- quick and rapid growth spurts and their muscles are stretching and they don't actually have time to kind of maybe catch up with or adapt, with, yeah, adapt with the change, then um, women might experience pain um, during kind of this these phases. So um, for these women, what we want to make sure is that their muscles are strong enough. So getting get, getting them to do kind of a strengthening program is absolutely key. Uh, so those are the ones which you'll use mainly, uh, as you mentioned, uh, an exercise loading, strengthening type progression. Yeah. To- Absolutely. Help them adapt to the changes, if you will. Yeah. And this is usually in women who've had multiple pregnancies. So they've had kind of repetitive stretching, kind of, you know, first pregnancy, second pregnancy. And as they kind of move through their pregnancies, it gets worse. Okay. Because they've had so much stretch through the ab- abdominals. 
um, and perhaps they haven't had time. It's really busy being a new mum or, you know, a mum. So they haven't had time to actually rehab themselves properly and follow a strengthening programme. If you have a one-year-old, it's quite hard to learn the floor and do some exercises, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, um, so yeah. Brilliant. And then was there any other categories or typical presentations? Obviously, ladies who are pregnant do suffer from normal back pain, which people who aren't pregnant can also suffer from as well. Yeah, so um, we also kind of need to consider that and kind of less uh, common, but still uh, definitely uh, existing is that the back pain kind of originating from structures of the lumbar spine that can radiate down the leg, can give you the pins and needles um, and you get this kind of burning and stabbing pain. And that suggests that, you know, something's being, a nerve's being irritated or pressed in the in the lower back. Um, and the treatment for that would be quite different. Um, we know that nerves uh, irritate very quickly and easily and they yeah. take a while to settle down. So yeah, your treatment would be very different. It wouldn't just be kind of um, gung-ho exercise. It would be much more, you know, graded than that. Graded, yeah. Not, not, as, not as to not aggravate and, exactly, and tip over yeah, the edge. Exactly. And would the treatment, the treatment for that be very similar, do you find, for someone who isn't pregnant and also has nerve pain say that could be from a disc or that could from me a bit of entrapment a pinch somewhere do you find that the, the the treatment that you do is is very similar or do you do a lot differently well um, mix and match? so well yeah mix and match really I, I think you don't there's not really a one-size-fits-all approach for sure um but for somebody who's having uh, got some kind of nerve irritation you might focus on you know in manual therapy some more gapping kind of techniques yeah. by gapping you mean yeah, so, stretching, yeah, stretching, stretching out the spine, yeah, stretching out the spine, gapping the joints a little bit. Um, and then finding, helping the lady, the woman find positions of ease so that they can just offload um, that nerve yeah. and stop that irritation a little bit. Um, and then you would very much ease into exercise uh, uh, according to their pain. Um, whereas somebody with postural kind of a postural issue, um, they might be very tight through the back of their yeah. spine. So you might use use more soft tissue techniques and then kind of more strengthening of the of the abdominal wall. So it's really not a one size fits, fits all approach. And that's why it's really no, important sure. to see, a, you know, a therapist who understands pregnancy to be able to do a full assessment and then to yeah. give you a treatment plan that's kind of tailored to you, obviously. And I'm sure it changed as well after you had been pregnant and after you'd had children to understand what it was like when someone says, got this huge weight in front of me or um, uncomfortable you know you you can really get your mind into that you can empathize rather than sympathize about what they're going through absolutely and also just to be able to lie on their tummy in the treatment room because we've got that cool um cool pillow you know balloost shout out to balloost yeah really really good pregnancy pillows yeah Yeah, so that so that's quite nice for them to actually be able to do that because they wouldn't be able to do that otherwise so massive relief yeah a bit of relief absolutely so the last um the last kind of category would be kind of uh, women in uh, with back pain would be those with pelvic girdle pain. So like I said, right at the beginning, it's quite a specific form of, of low back pain and it comes from the pelvic girdle. So anywhere around the sacroiliac joints, which are the joints at the back of the pelvis. where Below the, the belt. Yeah, type yeah exactly. The where nobles the pel- on the back of your yeah. side left and right. Yeah. Where the pelvis meets the tailbone. It's not the tailbone, but it is, the, you know, yeah. the tailbone. And then the pubic symphysis at the front, which, front, which is that bone which kind of um, joins the two parts of the pelvis at the front. Um, so... 
that pain might radiate into the groin. It might go into the perineum. So kind of in the saddle area and you might have kind of like a diffuse band of pain across the lower back and it might also go down into the back of the thigh. But that pain doesn't usually go past the knee. So, you know, if, you ha- if you've if you got pain that's going past the knee and you've got pins and needles or numbness going with that, then um, that suggests something slightly different. But for any back pain that you're kind of worried about, I think the key thing is, is to get an assessment as soon as yeah. you can. Um, that being said, you know, I, I really think that don't be too scared of, yeah. of pain because oh, yeah. you're going to be carrying a baby and your body will be changing day on day. Your center of gravity changes daily when pregnancy your balance shifts daily. Uh, there's actually more falls in pregnant women because of a shift of center of gravity. Yeah, I bet. Um, and, you know, you will get transient pains that come and go because of these just constant changes that are happening in your body from day to day. So it's really important that you don't overthink your pain too much. Don't get scared. Book an appointment as soon as you can with somebody who knows what they're doing with pregnant women um, so you can get a treatment plan in place or just get your fears allayed. Brilliant. And, and, Pain doesn't equal damage, you know, is a pain big, doesn't equal harm. Big, big, big thing to take away. Yeah, just because it pain does not mean there's a problem. And yeah. a lot of people I find when they are, are pregnant or not even just when they're pregnant, but especially so in pregnant ladies, whenever they have a pain, they can get very, very anxious of it for obvious reasons. You know, they yeah. think something's wrong or yeah. there's something wrong with the baby. And the vast, vast, vast majority of the time, it is what we call normal back pain, yeah. which can be very well, very easily treated with a treatment plan from a physio, an osteo, a chiro, someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. And and then you can then learn those techniques and learn to manage the pain yourself. But uh, And I think it's also important to say, you know, that um, some women, you know, go through multiple pregnancies, but this might be the one that's going, you know, well to term. So they may have lost multiple babies. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, any kind of pain or any complication in one of those pregnancies can just set kind of the mental oh, fire hugely. alarm off. Yeah. So it's really important that from a a women's health point of view, you know, in our our assessments, I'm always really sensitive to that, um, you know, to make sure that somebody's as confident as they can be in their body, especially in circumstances like that. Yeah. And I think one thing I use a lot as well is obviously I can't empathize. I'm never going to go through that. But I say to a lot of a lot of ladies is your body is designed to do this. You know, people realize that or they forget that and they think, you know, you know, your body is designed to grow and to change and to move and to deliver a baby perfectly normally. That is what yeah. we are here for. You know, yeah. it's, our, it's, our, it's our primary yeah. purpose in life is Absolutely. to do that. So it's not, it's not abnormal. It's not an abnormal thing to go through. So a lot of these changes on, of oh, all these changes are very normal. Yeah. But if you're in doubt, get it checked out. Really. Yeah, it's absolutely. A corny, <laughs> corny thing. <laughs> so, so if we go to the kind of the back, the, the back pain that origins originates from kind of spinal structures. So yeah. the likes of, you know, the bones, the discs, the nerves, the muscles, the joints. What are the kind of the common diagnoses that we give? Is it sciatica, disc issues? You know, what's the... Well, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. So, um, we, you know, we're not going to scan every pregnant woman. So some of those structures we may not ever actually be able to pinpoint. No. You know, um, the spine's incredibly intricate. Um and we will be able to differentiate what might more be more joint, you know, or tight muscles yeah. or, um, you know, more discogenic type of like a pain coming from a disc um, uh, in back pain. But I think the key thing is, is that movement is your friend. Yeah. Um, and so whatever the condition. Yeah. Generally, movement yeah. is your friend. Gone are the days where we advise people just to take to their beds and, and yeah. stop moving. 
Um, and some people still do, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, so. and sometimes pain can be completely, you know, debilitating and, and incapacitating. Yeah. But it's really important to keep moving, regardless of what that type of pain is, and work within your pain. So I don't know what you do clinically, but I always work on, you know, um, keep moving. And if your pain rises above a four to five out of ten, then you know you need a bit of a rest and pace yourself. Yeah, uh, I don't know what your kind of rule of thumb is. But. Very, very similar. I, I use the term relative rest a lot. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, we don't want you to bed rest, but I don't want you to go and run a marathon. There's a balance to this. And yeah. If you find that the pain is yeah, getting out of control, then it's okay to sit down or lie down for a couple of minutes. But as long as that's not 24 hours, you're getting up and you're having a walk around and you're doing your exercises in between those short bursts, then that's okay. And as long as we are moving still, then I don't mind short periods of rest. So yeah. Rest from exercise and rest from sitting or rest from lying down. So it's lots of different you know, different things, a smorgasbord of activities yeah, to, yeah, to do yeah. everything across the board. But go to go back to your question, because I don't think I, I answered it um, uh, uh, com- completely, is that really if there's any kind of neurological symptoms going down, running down your leg past your knee, pain past your knee, then it's more likely to come from a nerve irritation in your spine. Yeah. Um, and just with the kind of... Um, the red flags, the more serious things that we know that go along with that. I think that's probably something to be a little more concerned about. So yeah. so to sum up, if people are having back pain or with us, with or without leg pain, but some pins and needles going down yeah. the leg, some pain going down below the knee typically, yeah. and weakness and numbness in the yeah. toes, then it's more serious or potentially could be more serious and yeah. it's better getting checked out. Quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Just so we can get a baseline of those kind of neurological changes and then we can just work out whether those are progressing. We don't want a kind of a, a progressively worsening neurological change. Yeah. So the other type of back pain I see a lot of uh, from a lot of pregnant ladies is more the acute back pain. So they've, they might have a small child as well and they go down to pick something up or they pick up the sunglasses off the floor and their back goes and they think I've never had back pain before. Um, but now I have this chronic back pain. I'm also six, eight, nine months pregnant yeah. or earlier. And they then can, they think, oh, well, has the pregnancy got something to do with this, this problem? And it's very normally what we call a, a sprain strain type injury an overstretch to a joint and body doesn't like it very much. Yeah. When the muscle goes into spasm, spasm a lot yeah. of muscle spasm without any ridiculous symptoms. So no pain down the leg, no pins and needles. Are pregnant ladies more common uh, or more predisposed to having normal back pain like that, which is just a bit of a sprained muscle like of think, your eye who yeah, aren't pregnant? I, I don't yeah. think there's any difference between that and, you know, a pregnant woman and uh, a normal person. I think yeah. it's, it really depends on how you move and load your body. Just a coincidence. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you have a bit more stretched um, through the abdominal wall, so the front of your body. Um, and they're, like I say, depending on where you are in your pregnancy. So much later on in your third trimester, you are bigger. There's much more of a stretch through the, you know, your tummy and onto your pelvic floor. And there might be extra movement, you know, in those structures of the spine that, that cause you to, you know, have that kind of joint sprain and those muscles go into spasm. But I, you know, I couldn't give you a percentage of whether pregnant women are more likely for that. Um, because I, I know of many who have gone through their pregnancies without any back pain yeah. at all. Oh, exactly. And that's the other thing. Just because you are pregnant does not mean you will have back pain. It's no. A- I mean, in my second pregnancy, I had much more kind of postural type back pain because I'd already had that stretch on my tummy muscles and on my pelvic floor. And so by the end of the day, if I'd been on my feet a lot, I would be feeling, you know, that just kind of fatigue yeah. across my lower back. But because I'd kept myself fit and strong 
throughout both of my pregnancies and I made it a real point to kind of rehab myself after my first uh, back pain wasn't a huge issue for me in the second either. So I, I do think it's about how you look after yourself. Do, do you feel that you had to do more a second pregnancy or not just you? Do you feel that women should have to do more exercise for their second pregnancy, for their third ex- pregnancy or their fourth compared to their first? Is it something which... Uh, I think it's how long your body has to, to recover between your pregnancies. Okay. So if you have two babies that are very close together or, you know, you've had... Um, consecutive you know consecutive pregnancies quite close together um i think that's harder because your body doesn't have enough time to, to recover to recover to strengthen for the muscles to kind of return back to their nor- whatever normal is normal yeah. resting tone that kind of thing um so so that's so that's key really is to make sure that you're just taking time for yourself to to actually focus on a bit of you know strengthening for you brilliant so can we go over a couple of type treatment situations which you would have done with Patients, if we go back to the, some of the conditions we've mentioned, because mm. a lot of people will be interested in, if I see a physiotherapist. What would she got, do to me? Exactly, what <laughs> would she do to you? If I've got a joint sprain, which you mentioned, or I've got that kind of postural type back pain, or if I've got some nerve type symptoms, what would you normally do? You know, Okay. So we start with disc and nerve type symptoms, you know, so, and there. So generally, uh, you know, I'm I, after a full assessment of seeing how somebody moves, I'm also assessing kind of um, how how their soft tissue is initially because if a soft tissue is tight, then it can. Uh, I, I'm careful with my words, but it's kind of stiffen up joints. So I will if there you know if there's an indication for me to to use soft tissue techniques to kind of release soft tissue, then I might do that. So and there might be a bit of massage, massage yeah, a bit of stretching. There might be some joint mobilizations, you, you know, we'll be careful about um, positioning. So it very much depends on what the kind of the comfortable positions are for the patient. Um, and then, um, and and really that, that, that would be it, maybe a bit of acupuncture that's safe for a pregnant lady. Um, but it would be a combination of those things primarily. Brilliant. So, and then how if that, it, with a more kind of, well, I mean, that kind of encompasses a lot of the different types of kind of treatments for a lot of the different types of back pain that you would see would you do anything different if someone's in agony compared to if they are or do a lot less a lot less yeah I mean if somebody's really sore and they're struggling just to even be assessed then um you need to be careful about how much hands-on therapy I think they have um and really they might have you know a little less hands-on therapy and do a bit more movement perhaps um sometimes um you know, this a severity of pain can be as as a as a result of fear. So, yeah. is um, trying to work with somebody to help them understand that they can do maybe a little bit more than they thought, um, and to work through movement um, so that they can help themselves really, you know, release off their lower back on, on their own. Brilliant. And would you would you do anything differently from a chiro point of view? No, very very similar. I think, and as you said, movement is is the key, and getting a safe, controlled pain-free movement is the key that I find a lot you know a lot of people as you said scared of doing a certain movement and when you take them through that movement in a slightly downgraded position say lying on their back and bringing their knees to the chest which is very similar to bending down to touch your toes Mm. you might think actually this is okay and this doesn't hurt so you can slowly grade that movement back in and then you can add some more strength exercises around that yeah and slowly build that up and then the brain and the body learns that actually we're okay it's okay we don't need to be in this state of you know ah spasm yeah it will just calm down a bit and the the patient will just repeat that at home and continue with it then often their pain will just start to subside as well the other thing that i'd like to kind of talk about is um is breathing because i think that pregnancy or not we 
aren't very good breathers in the world that we live in today, you know. Because you think we it's normal. live it, yeah, I'm well, alive, so yeah, I'm breathing, yeah fine. exactly. But how often do you breathe, you know, really into the lung bases where your the bottom of your rib cage expands? And when you're pregnant, that's even harder because you've got a body inside of your body. So I would say, such a weird way to put it. I know, but it's true, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Your so diaphragm, true. your diaphragm, that breathing muscle um, is the kind of ceiling of, um, you know, what let's call it the core, uh, and your pelvic floor is the base of that core. And they actually function together as a cylinder. So if you're not breathing correctly, your pelvic floor probably won't be functioning correctly. Yeah. And then your spinal muscles won't be functioning correctly. And the whole unit yeah. doesn't work as well. So have a think about your breathing. Are you breathing deeply? Can you you know, move that diaphragm through its whole range as you're supposed to? I know that you'll have a baby in your tummy, but... You know, can can you try and sit down and do those deep breathing, that deep breathing, and with a lovely neutral posture, long spine. So, on a bit of a tangent to that, for anyone that's listening now, how do they know if they're breathing right compared to how do they know if they're breathing wrong? Is there anything they can, you know, put yeah, their hands absolutely. on their chest? So, the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, do if to... you take one hand and pop it on your chest, yeah. and then um, one hand and pop it on your tummy, just it. on the front. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, and then if you feel as you're breathing in that your hand on your chest is moving up and down and your shoulders are coming up and down and you're actually your breath is like right shrugging into, yeah, shrugging, yeah. Um, and your breath is quite shallow and you're taking kind of rapid breaths, then you know that you're not taking all of that air to the lung bases. And this is if, if you're resting, I assume. So if you're sat yeah. listening or sat driving, yeah. Yeah, 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 don't yeah. take your hands off the steering wheel if you are yeah. driving. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and then if, you're, if you can then direct your breath so you're actually feeling the expansion of your rib cage right at the bottom and your tummy fills up into that hand, then you know that that air is going all the way into your so lung your bottom bases. hand goes out. Yeah, and then your As rib you cage in. expands outwards. And I, I always um, talk about it as kind of French doors being opened, which is quite a nice image. So as you breathe in, your rib like cage that. opens up, glides open. Yeah. yeah. So like as you French breathe in, being that opened. French door opens, your lower ribs open yeah, out, yeah. and your bottom hand should move with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But your top hand shouldn't, the one on your chest or shoulders shouldn't be moving up and down as you breathe no. normally. Normally, no. And normal, relaxed breathing. And we, we rarely do it, I no, think. I completely agree. And then obviously the more you use those muscles of the neck, the shoulder, then the more likely you are to have neck pain, headaches, yeah, exactly. shoulder pain, all the things which upper back pain, all the yeah. things that then go along with it. But also this is on a bit of a big tangent is that, you know, the more shallow you breathe, you tap into this fight or flight part of your nervous system yeah. rather than this rest and digest. And that can feed into pain. So Hugely. just by changing your breathing, can you change your pain? Um, and that goes for pregnant women or non yeah. pregnant women, anyone, yeah. any human being who can breathe. I love that. That's really, really good. So <laughs> give that a try at home, see what it's like. So on to a bit more serious side of it, um, looking at what we call in the medical community, red flags. And red flags are just signs that we may notice or pick up from asking you a few questions that raise our index of suspicion or that make us a bit more suspicious that this might need a bit of further investigation. It might need some imaging. It might need some blood tests. You might need to pop and see your GP. So in it, with a pregnant woman, what are you kind of looking out for or anything which people should be looking out for that means that they should probably go and get it checked out by their GP? Okay, so the very serious one would be um, any of these symptoms, loss of uh, bladder control, loss yep. of bowel control, any um, real loss of balance where you're kind of falling over and you don't really know why, um, pain and weakness going down both legs and numbness in the saddle area. So when you go to the toilet and you wipe, for example, does it feel weird? Does it feel odd? Um, and those symptoms, I would they say they're very serious and, yeah. you know, go to any. 
Go to any. Okay. And yeah, that's a, a very important. Would you agree? Completely agree. That's very, very important <laughs> to look out for. So we did a, a separate podcast on red flags and things to look out for for back pain. So they're very, very similar. And anything, and obviously that's for, that encompasses a lot of back pain. Anything more pregnancy specific that okay, raises so your suspicion that it's a Actually, bit... back pain can be um, a sign that you're going into labor. Okay. So from a therapist point of view, what I would be checking is how far along in their pregnancy are they? And could it be that they're going into labour? If they're 38 weeks coming to see you, you're, you're, you're quite be, highly you'd be, suspicious of Yeah, you'd be saying maybe pop along to your midwife or to the hospital and just go and get checked out because you don't really want to be doing any kind of therapy when they might be actually having their baby. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> so um, the other thing is, is that it might be going into early labour. And so if there's any kind of... Um, uh, abdominal contractions, any kind of vaginal bleeding, big fluctuations in fetal movement, especially the drop off in fetal movement. Um, so a reduction, um, you would want to be sending them on. We're sending them on. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then when, with outside of those you know, red flags, I'm sure there are lots of other bits as well. And this is why it's always important to see someone who knows what they're talking about. Outside of that, it's, it's very safe for a, a pregnant lady to go and see a physiotherapist or an osteopath or a chiropractor with the appropriate training to treat Yeah, absolutely. If, as long as they've got the appropriate training to do so, then um, yeah, no problem at all. There's no problem at all. And, um, you know, pregnant women should feel comfortable with that. Um, I think I think pregnant women may want to see somebody who maybe specialises in that sort of thing. But you build up a rapport, don't you, with somebody and as long as they trust you and that's fine. Yeah. And moving on then for uh, a bit more exercise-based treatment, are there any exercises which you find you give a lot on a regular basis to patients? So they do. You, is it a style of exercise or type of exercise? Because obviously, I know, I know that you're a Pilates instructor as well, but yes. everyone listening probably doesn't. I forgot to mention <laughs> that at the beginning. So obviously, do you find yourself leading to more a Pilates approach, or do you do the same exercises that you know you did before? You knew more about Pilates. You know? uh, I do a combination because Pilates is really good for kind of this low, um, let's say low level contraction of muscles. So maybe you're looking at a thirty percent effort okay. um, that builds muscles for endurance rather than power however you need to have a combination of the two things so I also really like weightlifting I weightlifted through my pregnancies um so I might I give, mm. yeah I might give um I might give uh, you know women um those kind of things as well so I really am a huge fan of squat squats great yeah. functional exercise yeah. brilliant for building up the lower limb from the you know pelvis down it's brilliant core exercise as well um, and lun- yeah, you know, lunging. The other thing is, is that you know, if you don't, if you don't have any complications in your pregnancy and you have a normal childbirth, you need to squat. Yeah. As a natural position for childbirth. Yeah. Um, Orders for normal humans need to squat. Yeah. So that's still up off the toilet, off the sofa, there you off go. a chair. Yeah, that's exactly. All yeah. And in childbirth, you might be squatting for some time. So yeah. to, to practice that squat is really important. So yeah, exactly. Build it up, build up your endurance and your power. So if people don't squat now and they might be three or four months pregnant is it safe for them to start absolutely safe brilliant yeah that's really really good there is no really nothing in the literature that um uh correlates um exercise to miscarriage um and i think a lot of women especially like i say those ones who have maybe had losses um worry about doing anything with their body beyond beyond rest or normal walking or normal functional activities and i can completely understand it but um some you know a a safe level of exercise is important it gets your blood flowing increases blood flow to the baby um you know from your from a mental well-being point of view it makes you feel good you know the endorphin boost that you get 
Um, and it's good feeling strong in your pregnancy rather than feeling, you know, you do feel loose. Yeah. You know, and the stronger you are around your pelvis, around your abdominal wall, the better you will feel in your pregnancy. Really? Just for your normal functional activities of daily living. Just everything for bending will just, down to the supermarket yeah, and carrying yeah. your shopping in, the best stronger everything you are, the better you be. Everything will just seem a little bit easier. And especially if you've got another child picking up, you know, whatever around them, picking them up, putting them in a cot, all of those things that you need to do for them, they also get easier too. So good. Brilliant. So we might have covered this a little bit already is some takeaways. So people who are currently pregnant and have back pain, what can they do to help themselves? I know we kind of spoke about exercise being a big, big part of it and movement. Anything else, which if I'm sat at home listening to this right now and thinking, actually my back is getting a little bit sore. Is there anything that I can do to help myself right the second? Yeah. So absolutely check your posture, 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 posture. So Go into your bedroom and have a look in the mirror and just see how you're standing, you know, from the side. And if you've got this really deep curve in your lower back. It's a big arch to the yeah, lower back. Yeah, big arch in the lower back. And you're slightly rounded at the shoulders, maybe and your pelvis is shifted forwards a little bit. Then you know that you're probably overloading your lower back. So just by lengthening your spine, lifting up your breastbone and standing tall, your spine will automatically come into a neutral position um, and lengthening through the crown of your head. And I love this um, image is imagine that your head's like a helium balloon floating off your shoulders and it automatically lifts your spine and lengthens Oh, that's it. good. I like that. It's really good. Um, so, uh, so posture is absolutely key. Breathing, like we've just said, make sure you can take a deep breath and do that regularly. Um, and really start doing your pelvic floor exercises. So if you haven't um, had a baby already, this is your first pregnancy um, and you 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 really just need to start, start strengthening it because you're going to have a progressive stretch on your pelvic floor. And we know that doing your pelvic floor exercises in pregnancy can lead to kind of improved recovery afterwards and reduce that risk of urinary incontinence, which is um, which is really common, but not normal, really no. common, not normal. It's been normalized by those um, by those companies that sell um you know pads pads yeah um or so, tv adverts yeah exactly tv adverts so so start doing your pelvic floor exercises early and you're looking to do 10 fast squeezes and then 10 slow squeezes holding for 10 seconds and try and do that at least three times a day and those are the muscles which you'd stop as if you were peeing is that a good yeah start from the back so squeeze around the back passage first yeah. and then squeeze around the front so you start back to front um, and then it's we're looking for 10, 10 repetitions of fast ones, 10 repetitions of slow ones at least three times a day. Three times a day. So, so 30 or 60 repetitions every single day. Okay. Yeah. And so that's probably really going to tip then for the next point, which is if I don't have back pain, how can I avoid having back pain further on? If you might be early on in your pregnancy and you're worried that you may have had back pain previously or your mother, your best friend have also, mm -hmm. everyone you know has had back pain during the pregnancy often people can be quite worried about it. And I'm, I've had patients, and I know you've probably had patients as well, who've come and said, I want to have children or I want to have another child, but I'm concerned about the back pain I had last time or I'm concerned about mm. having back pain. So that's a really good takeaway then is just a pelvic floor. Is pelvic floor, but also having a really well-rounded exercise program. So we discussed strengthening, but it's not just about strengthening, making sure that your spine can move. It's a mobile structure. It's designed to move. Yeah. So having, um, you know, good mobility in your spine and in your pelvis and your hip, you know, everywhere is really important. 
and also working on your balance. So I mentioned earlier that your center of gravity shifts around as your baby grows and your balance can change literally on a daily basis. So doing those balance exercises, standing on one leg, um, you know, brushing your teeth, brushing your teeth. Yeah, exactly. Waiting for the kettle to boil, stand on one leg, try and close your eyes a little bit. Um, just make sure you don't fall over. Um, um, and so we're, you're practicing that kind of what we call postural stability. Perfect. So we also have a Facebook group and our Facebook group related to this podcast is called the Sciatica and Back Pain Support Group UK. And it's a UK based, but we have people from all over the world. It has about 800 members in there at the moment. And we put questions out there uh, to the audience, um, specifically knowing that we had Sarah on the podcast, asking if anyone had any questions about pregnancy or back pain, women's health. And we had a lot of questions, but the three kind of um, ones which I you know, wanted to dive a little bit deeper into some of this we may have covered, but for the people listening to who may, may have seen the questions on the Facebook group and wanted us to answer them, here we go. So the first question we had was from Mary and her question was, I had severe back pain during my first pregnancy. I'm worried about having a second child despite having no pain in the months following labor. So her pain went away. Yeah. Is she more likely to have it second time around because she had it first time or is it just because she didn't do her exercises for enough first time, you know. It's- so it it could be. I'd like to talk to her a bit more about what kind of what she did before and after, um, how how she's rehabbed since her the birth of her first child. But you know, she is at risk of having back pain again because she's already had stretch on the abdominal wall and on her pelvic floor. Um, but if she's recovered well postnatally um, and she's done her pelvic floor exercises and. You know, she's following a really nice, like I say, well-rounded um, um, exercise program. Um, then it, there's no reason to say that she couldn't go through a second pregnancy without any pain at all. Right. So just because you had it first time does not mean you'll have it no, second time no, or no, third no. time. I mean, I think it, I think you are at an increased risk for sure because you've had the load already and you've already had pain. And we know that you, the brain has a great memory for pain. It does. So even though your the structures might not have changed, and actually in on assessment there might not be anything wrong. Your brain can still perceive a pain from where it was before. Yeah, that's really interesting. So on to, on to the next point. It's actually also from Sarah, another Sarah. Um, good name. Yeah, good, great name. <laughs> uh, she said, I've heard that diastasis recti can cause back pain. Is this true? So do you want to explain about what that is? Yeah. And then if it's related to so back pain? So diastasis recti is basically where you're the... The there's a separation between what we call the rectus abdominis. So there's a six pack muscle. Yeah, it's six pack or eight pack for some lucky people, maybe (laughs) ten pack. Twelve. Yeah, twelve. Um and it's connected by a line of connective tissue called the linear albert. And when that when you have a baby, that stretches, and for some that stretches beyond um, you know, what where it can come back to. So I, I think to be honest, for everybody it stretches where it can come back to. Um, but for for ladies who it, it can be a bit wider than um, than others, um, and uh, there's there's a layer of tissue underneath that which can um, thin and fragment, and the wider the separation, the greater the implication for back pain. So if you have a really wide separation around your belly button and coming up towards the bottom of your breastbone, then that might indicate that you have this thinning of the connective tissue that binds kind of the front of the abdominal wall um, and it can be uh, give you an increased risk for, for back pain. So what you need to do is just make sure that all of the other muscles 
are um, strong enough to support where you have that weakness. And there's a lot that can be done to actually try and bring those muscles together a little bit more. Um, uh, quite specific exercises, but what you're looking to do is try and... Um, you can be technical. Um, so what we're trying to do is bring forces across the abdominal wall. So um, working through the oblique muscles and almost like you're stitching up really the uh, the the front of the rectus abdominis, the front of that kind of six pack. So exercises to bring the six yeah, pack together. But, yeah, if you to will. bring them back, bring them back together. But for some people, um, they don't ever come back as 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 much as they would like. Okay, and then obviously they're then at a higher risk of having yeah. having back pain because of that stress on it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So the last question we have then today for today is from Kelly, who is obviously, I'm not sure how old her child is, she didn't say, but she's worried about not being able to pick up her child or her baby after giving birth. So obviously she had, hasn't had, haven't, hasn't given birth yet. She obviously has a child, but has back pain. So there, is there anything that she can do to pick up her child, be, you know, be stronger to pick up her child or anything she can do to stop it aggravating her back pain? Yeah, absolutely. It's learning to to pick up loads. Um, you know, whilst you're pregnant, um, so that after you've had your baby, you can still pick up that growing load. Yeah. So um, really, it's practicing that as a functional exercise. I think that's absolutely fundamental. And, you know, um, making sure that you're picking up loads safely. So, you know, obviously bringing them in close to you, bending your knees, bending your hips, trying to keep your spine as as straight and long as possible um, in neutral and using your, your big, powerful muscles to get you off the get you off the floor. So we'd be looking at, you know, your lower limb muscles and your bum muscles, really. Get used to deadlifting, squatting. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've actually got one more question as well from me is, obviously, I see a lot of patients, a lot of ladies who are breastfeeding and yeah. they get a lot of mid upper back pain with breastfeeding. And I obviously explain to them the causes, but a lot, I know a lot of people probably be interested if breastfeeding, any positions which they can breastfeed in, which might be more comfortable or put less strain on the back, is it? Yeah, so you can buy these pillows where they kind of look like they wrap around your um, your tummy, and you can rest the baby on top of um, on top of that pillow, um, so that you don't have to be kind of rounded off. Yeah. Now, although you can ha- get those pillows and you can be quite comfortable in a chair, the you're still probably going to want to protect and n- n- kind of nestle in, hug. Yeah, hug your baby yeah. exactly. So, um, you know, it, it's co- quite common for even though, you know, you can get those pillows that you, you try. You... I'm really sorry. Um, it's really common that you don't actually change your posture at all because you just you just keep rounding off when you're feeding. So what you want to do is um, uh, try and be as comfortable as you can and try and switch sides as much as possible. Uh, lots of babies like one side over the other and that can basically lead to some kind of like almost like a repetitive strain on one side so you need to keep switching sides so that each um, side of your back is getting kind of an even load um, and just keeping your posture as neutral as it can be and I say that hunched over no but I, I it's really hard to do it having been there it's really hard to do it um but the more you can do that and be aware of it the less you'll get that upper back and neck pain and then being really good with mobility exercises. So doing kind of rotations through your middle back, um, you know, in sitting, you can t- turn side to side um, and then stretching upwards to extend your back. And then just doing your normal kind of range of movement exercises for your neck, turning side to side, um, stretching through your shoulders, uh, tipping your head over to one side and then the other. Those types of things are, are really simple, but actually quite relieving. Brilliant. 
That's really, really useful. So also when I reached out for questions about pregnancy and said we had a women's health specialist on, we had a lot of questions about sex and back pain. And because of this, I think we're going to have to get you back purely just to answer a lot of those questions okay. that we had in. <laughs> I know that you probably get that question on a lot of day, a lot of, on a daily basis. I know yeah. I do. Um, so I think something we'll probably have to get you back on for a second episode. So I think that just about wraps up today's episode. There's a lot of amazing takeaways. If you're currently have back pain and pregnant or you're looking at getting pregnant and you have back pain. I think the key things I took away were move, exercise yeah. and strengthen. And a lot of people have back pain is the biggest takeaways I got. So a lot of back pain is very normal. Yeah. And to help yourself out, strengthen it. And if you're not sure how to do that, see someone who knows how to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. So thank you very much for joining us today, Sarah. You're I really welcome. hope that everybody got a lot of good information. Thanks everyone for listening. Take care and have a fantastic day. Mm-hmm.